Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. Did you want to, like, I don't know, did you want to, like, outline what we're going to be talking about, or...? Um, I guess... So... Um, I guess the... 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 the primary topic, um is when when incorporating different things into your worldview um specifically this is a discussion between sync and i um but i guess it also could relate to the people listening um is it worth considering including anti-logic which is essentially um a system of logic which negates the three laws of thought um and currently my position is that yes it absolutely is very useful to include and it makes a lot of sense and clears up some confusions and removes the necess- necessity for some assumptions and instinct believes that it is unnecessary yep that's a, yeah that's a fair statement of my position um it's not that i can't make sense of what you're saying or that i don't think it's useful in some sense it's that I don't find it necessary for explaining the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess, do you want to briefly explain what anti-logic is for everyone? Because obviously there are going to be some people who have never heard of it. Yes, okay. So uh, I guess I should probably start um, by a brief brief touch on what the laws of thought or laws of logic are traditionally. Um, So there's normally three laws that people um, use for basically in whenever they're working with logic, um, the first one is a law of identity that essentially states that A equals A, or the, like something is equal to itself. And like, um, I think it should be pretty self-explanatory what, the, what that really means. So just like A is A. Um, the second law is that A does not equal not A, um, which is essentially that the the identity and the negation of identity are distinct and they are not equal. And the third law, and this is the one that is most different in anti-logic, or, or changes the behavior most in anti-logic, is called the law of excluded middle. Um, and what this says is that, for, for example, like a Boolean value, which typically that's used in the propositional logic, is using working with Boolean stuff, um, is that A can either be true or false, but it cannot be both. Um, and so essentially what anti-logic is doing is, that the, the way I initially came up with it was I thought, okay, I, I think that logic applies to everything, right? Um, and so I thought, okay, well, perhaps if logic applies to everything, then logic should also apply to itself. Um, and so like A equals A, yep, logic is logic, makes sense. But then I got to a does not equal not A. And in order for this statement to hold, that requires me to have a not A or not logic. And so the way that I uh, started working with this when trying to understand what that could mean is I took the existing three laws of logic and I inverted them. And so what that means is that in anti-logic, the law of identity becomes A does not equal A. Um, so in other words, the, the way that this behaves in, in practice is that if you, if you reference A or measure A or interact with A in any way, 
that the, the act of you interacting with it causes it to change. Um, we, we have encountered similar things in other areas, but I would actually touch on that a little bit later. Um, the second one, the second law, means that A does not equal A, which is essentially the, like with logic, it's the contrapositive of the first law. It's kind of like a, a way of restating the first law that enables you to use contrapositives and removes any ambiguity. Um, um, but in this case, it, it, it sort of re re reinforces the idea that um, the, the identity of the object is not static, right? Like it, or, no, the identity is static, but the value it holds can change over time, depending on how it's referenced. And the third one, that, when that is inverted, that becomes a little bit mind-bending, um, which is that um, a, a can be true and false at the same time. Um, it is not necessarily true and false at the same time. So in anti-logic, you still have tautologies and contradictions, but in, in the event that some kind of logical structure or proposition is not tautological or a contradiction, then it's in a sort of superposition where it can be both true and false at the same time. Um, so is an example that you would give of something like this a paradox? Yes, yes. So um, that, was, that was another thing that sort of led me to start investigating this topic was that you, when, when evaluating, um, trying to evaluate paradoxical structures using logic, I just couldn't, like it just, it created this weird loop sort of cycle effect or it just caught, it, it does some weird stuff that is not logical, right? Like paradoxes pretty much definitionally are not logical. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was sort of trying to understand how, how is it that like my, my current, so for, for clarification, um, the, the another, another thing being discussed here besides anti-logic would be DM theory, which is dialogical metaphysical theory. Uh, essentially a theory of everything um, which describes um, the nature of existence uh, and says that like all things which exist must have some kind of structure. This structure exists relative to the rest of the structure and the parts that make it up are data, which are like the little discrete bits of the structure and then the logic which holds it all together, kind of like the glue. Um, and I was trying to understand if I, I believe that all of if everything that exists has this kind of structure and therefore is all logical, then how is it that I can interact with or sort of like conjure up in my head these structures which are not logical? Like that, I couldn't understand that. And so that's sort of, I guess, an introduction into something. Sure. Uh, just give me one sec. Okay, so the last thing you said was that if every, if if you hold to the belief that everything in existence is logical, right? Um, yep. Then the, then the question that occurs in your mind is how can you conceptualize illogical structures, which I'm assuming indicates in your mind, right, that there is some kind of uh that there's some part to reality that you're referencing when you're talking about things that aren't logical, so paradox. Right, so so it, it, 
the, 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 the logical conclusion of that is that whether or not these structures exist or not, some part of existence, which like led to me, has then indirectly led to the like creation of these structures, at least in my mind. And so they, they might not exist, but if, if it is true that it is all a result of logic, then logic has led to these kind of structures at least coming into existence in within my mind. Sure. And I could not understand how such a thing could occur. Yeah, and I, so like I understand what you're saying, right? That it seems like a contradiction that something uh, that defies the rules of logic could be conceptualized within a system that's entirely constrained by logic. But yes, like to me, I like the thing that occurs to me is what if like the rules of logic in the context of neurology enable you to produce conjecture which uh which defies the laws of logic insofar as you don't notice that it does what do you mean you don't notice that it does so, like you create some kind of like logical conundrum where the where the location of the contradiction is hidden you don't know exactly where the contradiction is so it looks like you're saying something that makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense. That's a paradox. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, the thing that I'm, I'm like struggling with is why can't paradoxes just be a product of the mind? Well, no, but then they are still a product of logic. Yeah, but not of anti-logic, right? No, but that means that they are logical, right? Uh, yeah. if, if if logic has led to the existence of those things then definitionally I would say that that would make them logical. Logical in the sense that they are contained within the purview of what's possible in logic, not logical as in coherently adhering to the rigor of logic, right? Like, so like dreams are logical in the sense that it's logical that dreams can happen in brains, right? But you wouldn't claim that dreams are logical in the sense that dreams are right. like sequential. Exactly, and sim similar to dreams, um. I, I do not at any point claim that anti-logic exists. In fact, I say the opposite. I say, by definition, anti-logic must not exist. So I'm not understanding then. Is it just a conceptual tool? No, I think that it, it's a, it is, it is a, it is the relationship that exists as a part of logic, right? So there's, so you, you might, you might consider like the, the grand total set of logic i don't think that's a good way of seeing because it's like they're, they're kind of two halves of the same thing right which is the the, the structure of logic in, in the sense that logic is like the relational structure of structure i think that the combination of logic and anti-logic is the structure of logic um and so if, if you only have the three laws of logic and don't have the three laws of anti-logic i think that there are some things that just cannot be explained okay um, so let's say that I grant this, right? I think the mm -hmm. thing I'm wondering is what what that I will need to explain will remain in unexplained, right? Okay. There... So yeah. how one 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 main one is um besides paradoxes is things like how can things appear to change? Like how is it that like we can so we can we can assign the identity to something and this the value of that identity appears to change over time like how, how does time even come into being when the nature of logic is a equals a and so that is 
the value is always static. It is always going to be A, un unchanging. It How can that like lead to something such as time? Sounds like what you're saying is like, I could use this as a tool to understand like, um how certain apparent like so certain apparent contradictions that i could like resolve rationally right but what but like to explain to myself why they appear is that what you mean yeah i think it, it is a useful tool to understand how things such as time could be the case like i think that without some other kind of mechanisms besides the traditional three laws of logic um, change is inexplicable. Yeah, but I don't believe in change on, on a universal level. Like, like from my perspective on the on the like, let's say like the totality, the omniverse, as Eddie would call it, right? Is that it's it's uh, eternal. It doesn't change. It's only yeah, what... but you also don't believe in falsehood, which violates the laws of logic, because then you I mean, like. When you say I don't believe in falsehood, as in I don't believe falsehood is part of ontology, that's true. I, I no, I think I think that falsehood is not is is a part. I think that falsehood is a part of ontology, but it is not a part of the existence. Everything which exists is true, uh, because that, that is a part of the definition. And all all falsehood does not exist. That is what I believe. Study of existence, so falsehood can't be part of ontology. No, but I I think that the that ontology only looking at existence is like a limited view. Like, the, well, by, like by definition, if, if non-existence like is ontology. no, but if if anti-logic is if, sorry, if if non-existence is the antithesis of existence, then by examining existence, you are at the very least indirectly examining non-existence. Um, and and, that, and that's and that's why that's where the non-existence thing comes into play as well, right? Like. I think that the laws of logic apply to all things, um, not just things within existence. I think that the laws of logic apply to the laws of logic themselves and also to existence, which means that existence equals existence, and via law two, existence does not equal non-existence. So, like, I don't understand what you mean when you say, I don't just believe that the laws of logic apply to everything in existence, because I don't think there is anything else, like, apart from... There is nothing else that exists. But, no, but there are no, non things what, which don't exist. No, but that's what I mean is that non things that don't exist aren't. There is no thing. That's yeah. They, they, yes, they don't exist. I agree. No, but they, but but, they, but to but to to completely disregard them, I think, is to miss part of the picture. But they're not even anything. That's what it means not to exist. That like that's literally what it means. They there's yeah as yes they are not things they are non things and okay. thus they don't exist. I'm not disregarding anything because there isn't anything to disregard. Yes, but but you are disregarding structure. I'm disregarding hypothetical structure which seems to me to not be coherent, right? It, it, it is not consistent with existence or with truth yes, because is it is non-existent and falsehood. I mean, I think I make a much weaker claim, but it's basically the same when I say it seems to me to be incoherent, right? From within, from within the three laws of logic, yes. Okay. But, but I think that the laws of logic themselves necessitate it being a part of the picture, even if it's a part of the picture that does not exist because it's a falsehood. I, I think not existing means not being part of the picture. I think by definition, 
that if you don't exist, the picture doesn't include you. I think those statements are in agreement. I think that the picture from within the framework of existence does not include it. I don't think there is another framework. I think existence constitutes the totality of everything. Like, I, it sounds like you're saying that there is a type of existence that isn't existence that's beyond what is. Okay, do, okay let, me, let me try and rephrase the question. Do you think that the laws of logic apply to existence? Yes, yeah. Do, do you think that the second law of logic applies to existence that is to say existence does not equal not existence yes yes then yeah. in 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 saying that you have acknowledged the non-existence of non-existence as a yeah as a conceptual construct I, I acknowledge that we can we can conceive of the negation of everything right and i'm saying that i think that the negation of everything couldn't be true at the same time as everything but it's not true it's false that's no, what i'm that's saying exactly, that's exactly what i'm saying is that being false means not being at all yes it doesn't exist yeah, but there's no other type of there's no other type of being. That's why, like, I don't it's know. Not, no, but like, it, it, it is rega regardless of the fact of whether or not exists. It, it exists. It does have structure definitionally. This it's structure is the negation of the structure which does exist, and you cannot disregard the fact that it has structure. It definitely has a structure, regardless of whether or not it exists. So what you're saying is that the structure is the negation of the structure that does exist. And negation is an operation, right? Negation is subjective. Negation is not something that exists objectively. The structure of the world exists objectively, and it only becomes negated when there is a mind to negate. I completely agree with everything except the last statement. I think that the laws of logic themselves necessitate a, a negative structure for it to exist relative to. Right, so oh, the, the negative like, structure must not exist for the for the positive structure to exist. Like, it's I in the definition of the structure. I understand what you mean there, but but the thing is that I account for that uh, that fact differently. I I don't say that it must be a negative structure. For me, it is. There is the actual data and the theoretical data. The theoretical data is not negative structure. It's possible structure. It is the inversion of the structure which exists. No, it is there. That's what you know. Theoretical data isn't that. The the thing that I think exists relative to the actual data isn't non-data or non-actuality. For me, what exists relative to actuality is theoretical data. Right? So that's not that's not a negation. No, but so but we, we, at least, we, at the very least, we both agree that not existence, at, at least at, at a conceptual level, does have some kind of structure. Uh, in, in, on a mental plane, yeah, definitely. And, and so by extension of that, this, this structure has properties um, which can, like, also potentially have effects, right? I mean, so they, it would have properties that we would associate with it in the sense that it's... In the sense that we associate things mentally, but I'm not sure if what what do you mean by have an effect on it? Because I only can see that it exists on a mental plane, and things that exist on a mental plane do not technically affect anything. No, but I I also completely agree that it doesn't objectively exist. 
So if it only exists on a mental plane, why do you reject the the? No, but I don't think it's a mental, mental plane because I think that I think that our mental plane that we are existing within, it, it, that we are uh, experiencing, I should say, is supported by existence, and I, I believe that mm. this is distinct from existence. It is by definition, not existence. It is not a part of existence. No, I don't agree with that. I mean, the mental plane is absolutely part of existence. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said it's not a part of the mental plane. I think that the mental plane is a part of existence. And since this is not existence, it cannot be the mental plane. It may, maybe the mental plane can interact with it, but on a fundamental level, this, this anti-structure cannot be... But a part me, of the structure that it yeah, actually objectively exists. Yeah, I understand that. But for me, like the the anti structure is just an imaginary thing. It's not something that has any reality on any plane except a mental one. No, but we both we both already agreed that it does not objectively exist. No, I know, but I'm saying it doesn't exist beyond the mental plane. I'm no, but no, but you you you're contradicting yourself. You're like on one hand, you say it doesn't objectively exist. It exists within the minds that objectively exist, and so at least indirectly, you're no, saying no, it doesn't no, objectively no, exist, no, but objectively, it objectively exists. No, I'm saying it objectively exists as a mental construct, but that there is no part of the world which is non-existence. There is no yeah, and, I, and there's no I part reject of that no, objectively no, exists, and there's no non world where non-existent things exist either no they don't exist the, there, they don't. There, there is there is there is a non-existence where non-things don't exist no but i'm saying there isn't such a thing that's what it means to be non-existence like i agree with you up to the point where you say no but you, you, you are agreeing with me but you're you're like you, you agree with me on every point and then reject the conclusion. I don't understand. Is that I'm saying that that, that like everything that you say is true, except the fact that you say that it is it, that it is such a place. Yeah, there is no such place. Yeah, there such a place does not exist. Hundred percent agree. There's no non-existent corollary of place where such things are. But to, but to say they are is to say they exist, which I reject. No, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying apart from mentality, these things are not. I, I don't think that they are. It can I, I don't think it makes sense for, for non-structure to exist in the mental plane because I think that our minds objectively exist and that would mean that indirectly it objectively exists, which I reject. It cannot exist. No, but it's not, it's an imaginary existence. That's what it is. Like within your neurological. What do you mean by imaginary? I mean something. Within, within minds? I don't think it exists within minds. I think that we're not even capable of, we, we aren't even capable of interacting with it, with our mind. I'm saying that the mind is capable of playing dumb to certain rules it's bound by. So it can conceive of things that aren't, possible in reality because it but it's has, not a thing it, i mean it's not it's it's a still a thing in the mind no yeah. we can't even access anti-logic for it that's the that's thing that like we, the best not, I've been no, able to do. Deal, listen, let's not deal with the boundary case. Let's just deal with something simpler. You can conceive of, imagine things that literally are not possible in reality because you're ignorant to what makes them impossible. Do you agree so far? Can you re-say that? 
You, you can imagine things that aren't literally possible in reality because you're ignorant as to the reason that would make them impossible. I don't, I don't acknowledge that as a legitimate argument, no. So you don't think that it's possible to imagine something and then later discover that you're not, that you, what you imagined wasn't realistic given the laws that govern the field in which your imagination took place? I, I think that you can conceive of things which are not, well, I, I think that you can conceive of non-things which are not consistent with objective reality. That is what I believe. Yes, I mean, I. But you I, cannot interact I, with I it, right? That, that and so, and so, so one of the one of the things I've noticed in playing with the idea of antilogic for many months is that I can't even interact with it, right? Like the very best I can do is try to translate it into logic, which does exist, and then run through all of the possible permutations because I can't even interact. I can't even directly interact with anti-logic. It seems to be an impossibility, at least for a human mind. Um, okay. I have yet to find a way to, to do it. And so I don't think that it can exist within minds. I think it is impossible because minds exist. I don't think it exists at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think... what about... no, I, I, that's no, also what I'm saying. Yes. No, look, and then you say yes, but you have some kind of holdover existence, and I have no idea what that is. No, but okay. So here's here's the difference, right? So, so so we both agree that this non-existence, whatever it is, this non-thing, right, does have some kind of structure in that it is the inversion of existence. Where we disagree is you you say this non-structure can exist within minds, and I say that is not possible because it doesn't exist, and minds do exist. No. So what I'm saying is. You can conceive of something approximately of that nature with a mind. Like, that's what I'm saying is that what even if it is not possible to conceive of coherently, by ignoring all of the relevant lines, you can, in fact, conceive of something similar that you imagine to be possible, even though it is not. I think, I think you, you can take the underlying principles and translate them into logic, and using that, you can interact, in, like interact with something which is in some ways similar, but you can never directly interact with anti-logic or non-things or non-existence. It's an impossibility. What makes it? What makes what makes anti-logic necessary for a complete conceptualization of the world? Then? Um, because I think that existence is bound by logic. I think that logic is bound by logic. Yes, and, and I, I take those to be like gospel truths. No, but so do I. But I interpret what it means for logic to be bound by logic, that there is actual data and theoretical data. You seem to take it to mean that there is existence and non-existence. Yes. So, so I think that I think that via law two of the laws of logic, if you if you are to say that existence is bound by the laws of logic, that means that it must exist relative to non-existence not existing and and you're, you're saying this is just some kind of mental fabrication but i don't believe a no, mind is even capable of supporting such a thing because minds exist uh, no but that's the thing though is that uh well like what we're doing is we're like taking everything that exists and we're applying a very common operation that we do which is negation there's nothing outrageous about attempting to negate no but you reject you reject the conclusion of negation which is falsehood 
Like yeah. you, 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 you consider negation almost to be an illegal operation because it leads no, to something. No, no, no. All I consider negation to be is merely an operation. It says nothing about the way things are. It, what it says something about is the way that we understand it. An operation is a transmutation on our understanding. That's what operation is. Right? Operation says absolutely nothing about reality. Reality doesn't do operations. Minds do operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so an operation is you take something you think you understand and you transform it into something else you think you understand. That's what an no, operation but, is. No, but we, we are incapable of doing such a thing. No, but we are physically I, I, incapable. I disagree. We can observe operations occurring. Like, like... It, like if, if you uh, like unless unless you acknowledge the the non-existence of falsehood as legitimate you are incapable of acknowledging negation as a legitimate operation i already did acknowledge the non-existence of falsehood as legitimate i did say that yeah and that's what i'm saying i'm saying that that like no, definitely you think, okay you think non-existence is a species of existence that's no i don't Apparently, I think non-existence is the opposite of existence. Which is not anything, though. Yes, it is a non-thing. And, and as such, it cannot be supported by minds. It, it is not a mental fabrication because our minds are not even capable of supporting such a structure. That doesn't make it, it sense. Is, it is a non-structure. No, I, I don't understand like, how you get to the idea that it can't be supported by our minds. Okay, okay, um, okay. Let, let me let me let me give you another example. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I I think even though falsehoods do not exist in objective reality, our minds can con can can conjecture many forms of falsehood, many forms. And me, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna briefly brb. So give me like thirty seconds to a minute. Okay. What are you guys talking about? Uh, anti-logic. You know things to be true, like epistemology or something? Or like it's related, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if, you, if you're like a moral subjectivist or whatever, like, or even, okay, if, if you, you can't really know anything to be true. That's not exactly what this is about, but sure, yeah, I agree. Okay. Pure metaphysics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that in, in the same sense that it's like if if I try to negate the idea of a thing, I should probably wait until it gets back to this actually. Bridge, was it you I was talking to like yesterday or the other day about like flaws and that kind of stuff? Or was it someone else? Probably something, something like that, yeah. Okay. Have you come up with an answer for it? Question. Essentially, that laws make no sense under a more subjective worldview. No. Uh, okay, then you must talk to someone else then, because. Oh, okay. I'll argue with that. I'll argue about that briefly in a different chat. But there are many conceptions under which it makes sense under moral subjectivism. No, not really. I mean, you can you can yeah, have a presupposition um, of certain of certain uh, premises, but you just don't know enough about metaethical theories if you think that's true. 
I'm not trying to say that, you know, uh, no one should be allowed to talk, but if there's like an ongoing thing in this chat, that's why I offered to go like... I actually, I offered to go to a different chat immediately. Oh yeah, I heard. J Rob. Anyway, I'm that. back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay, I, I, I have another way of trying to describe this, cool. right? So so take for example this idea of negation, right? I, I think that that we are we are incapable of interacting with the negation of something. So so let's say I want to take a, a thing and a non-thing, right? So so in my mind I I perform some kind of operation which is supposed to represent the negation of a thing, which which should be a non-thing, and what I get as a result, because my mind itself exists, is another thing which I'm labeling a non-thing. No, like, wait, I, as, a, as a being which exists, no. I cannot interact no. with oh. things that non-exist, oh, do not so exist. You're taking, you're taking negation to be a conceptual process when it isn't. Sorry, sorry, you're not taking negation to be an ontological process when it's a conceptual one. Like what we no, mean I think that I think that it is built it's baked into the fabric of existence no, no, no. logic. No, when we negate something, we do not say that it doesn't exist. We say that it is the opposite of what it is, not including the pro the property of existence. Yes, which is fine for 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 things which negate to other things, but for things which negate to non-things such as a thing itself or existence or truth. What we receive as a result is another thing, a a version of existence which we have just labeled differently, or a a a something which has this structure that we're calling false, but behaves basically the same as truth. We're just like we, we try and like the same like smudge the the lines, but we can't actually in interact with the negation of any of these principles. In what, way, in what way does it behave the same as truth? Hmm? In what way does falsehood behave the same as truth? Um, it, it, it exists within our minds and our minds exist, therefore it exists. And I believe falsehood cannot exist in any sense, even within minds. It's not behaving the same as truth. In, in the sense of how it exists. Yes, no, it is. No, it isn't. It has qualitative. False, falsehood within a human mind exists in the same way that truth exists within a human mind. Differences between truth in the human mind and falsehood in the human mind. They're not the same. Just because they exist in the same way does not mean that they are equivalent. They're not. Like, the qualities that distinguish them are important. Yeah, but we can't interact with falsehood. Yes, which is what, why... What we come I, up with is a, which is a truth that we have labeled differently. No, but this is what I'm saying is that, like, what you're saying when you say what we come up with is a truth that we've labeled labeled differently, the truth of it is that that's, that thing isn't. That's the truth of it. it is yes, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It, the, it, it doesn't exist. It can't I exist, even within mind. It's not labeled differently. We're saying what is true about it is that it isn't. That's the only true thing about it is that it is not. No, but the no, but the fact that it, it the 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 concept what what we what we what we call falsehoods, which is really the idea of falsehoods, because we can't actually interact with falsehoods, is not falsehood in the same sense that the idea of.
Like you can't actually, as as a mind which does exist, you cannot engage with or interact with or like do That's, anything with no, things that don't exist. That is false. As long as you ignore what makes it impossible, you absolutely can. We have many examples of this. Okay, can you can you can you give me an example of yeah. nothing without using the idea of nothing, or can no, you give no, me no, the no, example no, of a non-thing without using no, not of a nothing. thing? Not of nothing or a non-thing, but of something that only exists in the mind, which is what we understand a falsehood to be. You can have a dream that isn't constrained by linear logic, but nonetheless is something that exists in reality. No, but I don't think that falsehoods can exist even within minds. But that's the thing, though, is that dreams can't exist outside minds. Falsehoods can't exist outside minds. I'm drawing an analogy between the two to suggest that dreams can, that, sorry, that brains can, in fact, sustain conjecture that is not substantiated in reality. That's what I'm proving with dreams. No, but the, by, by, by rejecting, like, falsehood or non-existence entirely, you can no longer like hold to the laws of logic because they are dependent on negation so far as i'm saying it doesn't it's not real it doesn't actually exist and you're saying well if it doesn't actually exist it has a corollary existence in non-existence and i'm no, saying it doesn't, doesn't exist exactly but you think that's a corollary you think that's a species of existence no i think i don't i don't i absolutely that is the exact opposite of what i believe from the way you talk about it, that's the only thing I can sum up. From the way the way I'm talk the way I talk about it is like not by choice, as as a mind which exists as a thing which can only interact with things. When I try to describe a non-thing, I can only do so using things which completely fails to capture the entire thing I'm trying to describe. Yeah. If you don't think what I said, then it sounds like we don't disagree. If you accept that it doesn't, there's no corollary speech. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying the whole time. I've been saying we actually completely agree, but no, you reject that the, the anti-logic is even worth examining, even though it, no. it exhibits these complex behaviors, which logic itself does not exhibit i never said it wasn't worth examining i said i don't see the value in examining it other people can examine it i'm not saying it's not worth looking into i'm saying i don't know what i would get from it you would you would get a mechanism through which you can explain things like time I don't feel the need to furnish a mechanism beyond what i can already describe verbally no but i think if, if you are trying to develop a theory of everything, being able to explain concepts such as time is pretty valuable. How can yeah. you say that it's not valuable? So for me, I'm so that maybe this is like something that I haven't made clear, but I'm not really like that trying to develop the theory of everything. That is what I was doing with DM theory, but I'm not really on that train anymore, man. Like, I don't really care. I have enough of everything to describe a little bit of everything. That's all I need is I, I, I have 
uh, encapsulated enough of the fractal order of reality to analyze anything by comparing it to what I've got, right? Beyond that, I'm not too concerned with accounting for every single phenomenon. That sounds very complicated and time consuming. Okay, well, the, the, entire, the entire argument I have been presenting is that without acknowledging the non-existence of non-things, DM theory is incomplete. But DM theory doesn't attempt to explain every sim, sim, single phenomenon. What it attempts to do is explain the basis of every phenomenon. But it doesn't explain the basis. Of it. It, does, it only explain, explains the basis of things which exist. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm fine. You, you already acknowledged that there is structure which doesn't exist, and without antilogic, you cannot explain it. That's good enough for me. Okay, so perhaps you do not use it, but I believe that in, in order for DM theory to be complete, it must acknowledge the non-existence of antilogic. Well, for me, I, I think it implicitly acknowledges the non-existence of any logic when it says that the logic is all that exists, the data logic is all that exists. In saying that, I don't think I need an explicit statement about it denouncing the existence of anti-logic. It doesn't need that. No, but that's the thing is that if you're, if you're going to be discussing data logic, that is the structure of structure, which applies to both existence and non-existence. Like, me, Chris, is I, so I'm rewriting DM theory, right? So when I touch on anti-logic, what do you want me to say about it? You want me to say, um, so like I've looked into it and it doesn't exist. Like that's good enough for you to me to for me to acknowledge that it doesn't exist. I doubt it, right? You want some other kind of acknowledgement, which I don't understand. Yeah, it it's ah. Uh... No, it doesn't even have conceptual form because it, it cannot be supported by a mind because minds exist. In DM Theory Reloaded, right, because I am obviously rewriting the paper, right, you want me to say, um, like, my colleague, Nano, right, Chris, has extended this idea, but he assures me his extension does not exist. <laughs> no, but th that's the thing, right, is that, that like, sure, if, if non-existence behaved, for lack of a better term, exactly the same as existence, I think it would be sufficient to just say, doesn't exist, whatever, right? But when when you actually try to apply the negation of the laws of logic, that you don't you don't just get true instead of false or false instead of true, right? You get completely different, much more complex behavior. Aware that I, I am aware of what you think is attached to that, right? But on the face of it, in a summary form, it doesn't exist. How else would you have me say it? Right? Like, that's what I'm wondering is if I am to mention what the ex this extension you've made to our idea in the rewrite, right? What do I say about it? That's the thing I'm not getting. What do you want me to say? Because I don't even know what it means to say it doesn't. I feel like that is denouncing it to say that it doesn't exist. I think that it is showing that you have completely applied logic to all things, including logic itself and existence. It is the natural conclusion of the application of logic to all things. Yeah, but saying that it doesn't exist, right? That's not enough, is it? What would be enough? What do you mean? So, 
me saying I've looked into anti-logic and my conclusion is it doesn't exist, right? That wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't satisfy you. What would satisfy you? Um, I don't know. Just like, I don't even particularly care if it's written into like well, DM theory or not. The main thing I, that bugs me is that you refuse to engage with it in any way. No, but I'm well, not. That's not true. That's not true, actually. I apologize. That was a straw man. But this is the thing that I'm wondering about is if I were to try to do what you would call engaging with it, right, which is to acknowledge its non-existence, right, then I would be saying, I like, that's what I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm just saying, like, if I were to do what you've asked me to do, I think, which is acknowledge that it doesn't exist, right, that it doesn't mm -hmm. exist, what, as a, as a complement to what does? Is that what you mean? Yes, it is the relative opposite. All things are relative, including logic, including existence. The relative opposite of logic is anti-logic. The relative opposite of existence is non-existence. All feel? things are relative. Existence just, doesn't, isn't just magic bubble that doesn't exist relative to anything else. Yeah, well, how do you feel if I call that imaginary? And what does that make you think? If I say... That... I think that that I think that that is closer, but it's still misleading because it makes it sound like it, it exists within minds, which is an impossibility. It doesn't. It cannot exist within minds unless the mind itself does not exist. I don't agree with that proposition that it cannot exist within minds. I think that mind. It cannot exist. Period. Not even within minds. <laughs> no, but it's an approximation of it. It isn't it. The thing... no, that's what I mean. Whenever we try to interact with it, we, we can translate it into an approximation and you can run through like several different versions of like what it actually was true or false or like you, you can you can play with it by translating it into logic, which we can engage with, it's but you can't only... directly engage with it. Yes, exactly. It's only the approximation that can exist in the mind. The other thing can't exist at all, but we can imagine something which approximates what you mean by ignoring the rules that are being violated by imagination. No, but no rules are being violated. It is the conclusion of accurately applying the rules. Like, to, to, to not acknowledge the non-existence of, like, anti-logic or non-things or, like, any of these or falsehoods or like to not acknowledge that those things don't exist is to not correctly apply the second law of logic to all things. Can someone else help me understand what he means by acknowledging its non-existence, right? Because for me, it seems like there's some kind of vague equivocation going on. Because when I suggest that I report in the theory that I have investigated and I say it does not exist, that is literally acknowledging the non-existence of it. What about that isn't good enough? What about that fails to satisfy the criteria, which is to say that you think that it, that it doesn't really exist, but as a complementary conceptual counterpart, that it is something. Because, in, at least in the way you have been conveying it previously, um, it, it comes across almost as if, because it doesn't exist, it's not even worth attempting to examine it. No, that's, that's how it comes across, at least to me. I and, I, and I think that, that, that just as much value can be extracted from examining anti-logic as examining logic. But I literally have examined anti-logic by talking to you about it. That is literally what it constitutes to discuss it with you. Right? 
And like, I don't think that what I've got out of it is nothing. I just think I come to con to agree with the summary conclusion, which it seems like it doesn't quite actually summarize what you mean. Because when I say, right, I have concluded it doesn't exist. You say, well, you must be missing something then. But how? That's what you said. Um, I'm not sure I follow that. What do you say? Okay, so when I say I have looked into it by talking to you about it, and I have concluded it doesn't exist, and it's only conceptual, right? then I don't understand how you disagree with that, because I feel like that's exactly what you said. No, but I think in in just... In just stopping with the summary of it doesn't exist and, and stopping there, you, you are doing it an injustice because the, the, the behavior of anti-logic is just as complex, if not more complex, than the behavior of logic. Okay, and that may be true, but the thing is that I don't think that studying the behavior of anti-logic is particularly relevant to most people's lives. Most people's lives are better understood by studying logic, not anti-logic. Yeah, but if, if you are trying to discuss the nature of existence, I think you, you need to be spending like just as much time describing the nature of non-existence, or you're only looking at half the picture. You're only looking at the half that exists. What if I'm happy to only look at the half that exists, though? What if that's the goal of what I'm if, doing? You know, if, 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 you, if you are willing to acknowledge that you're only looking at half the picture, then I don't have a problem. So yeah, but, 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 say, in, but, say, but no, generally, in the past, you have rejected the idea that it's only half the picture. If I, if I, instead of characterizing it as a theory of everything, I characterize it as a theory of everything that exists, you're comfortable with that? Can you, what did you say? Instead of a theory of everything, a theory of everything that exists, you're comfortable with that? Yes. Okay, well, then, yeah, I'm, I'm fine changing it to a theory of everything that exists, bro. But, but then you cannot claim that it explains the nature of existence itself, because the nature of existence is fundamentally well, tied to the nature of non-existence. I mean, They're I relative can, opposites. I can, I can claim that if I think it is, but you're saying... Okay, you, you cannot accurately claim that, in my opinion. So, yeah, you're saying you think it's unjustified. That's fair enough. You can think it's unjustified. I would be interested, though, because, I mean, when these ideas are published, I would love to see a counter-article along the lines that we've discussed, right, saying that... Well, it can't be a theory of everything that exists or a theory, because, I mean, that is just shorthand for a theory, of, that's longhand for a theory of everything, right? If it doesn't mm -hmm. count for uh, what you would say doesn't exist, right? I'd love to, because, I, I mean, obviously, I intend to publish the rewrite. I'd love to see an article published by you that says otherwise, because that would be really awesome, because it's not that this idea doesn't have merit. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't agree with me. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, my intuitions dictate that I don't investigate this. It seems like something that isn't worth investigating in the sense that I think anti-logic, as curious as it might be from a an abstract intellectual point of view, doesn't directly pertain to anything in my life. I think that it pertains to everything in your life, bro. Like you just, yeah, you just only, if you only look at the half the picture, you can't see it, right? Uh, yeah. Like, well, like the, 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 the behaviors, 
the, the, the behaviors of logic are a direct result of the behaviors of anti-logic and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, look, I... Uh... Like you, you, you can say logic is, but you can't say why logic is without acknowledging anti-logic. No, but that's the thing, though, is I think I can. You, think you can I assume can. it. You can't justify it. I mean, you think it's just an assumption. I think some assumptions are necessarily true. It, yes, but the, but anti-logic explain it, it absolutely is necessarily true, and anti-logic feel, explains why. I don't feel the need to explain why. I rely on the fact that what my, kind of theory of everything doesn't need to explain why? I rely on the fact that all the information is available to my reader. All I need to explain is how to put it together. I don't need to explain but, it. But all the information is not available. We have we have zero access. To anti-logic, we have indirect access through the negation of logic, which in itself, in the form that we have it, with like exists as a an operation within minds that exists, isn't even anti-logic. It's like a, a we don't have access to it. That's what I'm saying is I don't find something that we have no way of accessing that doesn't exist in what I conceptualize the world to be to be worth studying in a theory of everything. My theory of everything doesn't include non-existence. I don't think that's worth mapping. I think that I think that investigating non-existence can teach you a lot of things about existence. I agree with that, but I don't think it's worth mapping. You can map it, and you can farm those fucking gold, like little gold nuggets. But for me, it's so hit and miss that I would, I don't think it's worthwhile trying. I don't know. I think that when, like, uh, when some of the topics such as time are, are, are at least appear to be fundamentally tied to logic and existence and by extension the, the opposite of it and and when when all of logic it when when all of logic by its nature through law one a equals a must definitionally be static yet somehow through our experience things appear to change how can such a thing occur i think anti-logic is a very very useful tool to explain such a mechanism because mechanistically it is anti-logical mechanistically is not logical Look, mechanistically, you might need anti-logic to explain that. I feel like I can explain the same thing in natural language without anti-logic. If I can explain the same thing to my satisfaction and the satisfaction of others, why do I need anti-logic? Um, because you can't explain it satisfactorily. No. How do you, like, you're not judging, like, I'm saying, if I can explain it, enough so that i understand how to work with it and other people understand how to work with it and how to how to like interact with it how to feel about it right then what i don't understand what's insufficient about that that it it leads to like like if you if you frame it as a complete explanation you are you are doing people a disservice because they like they may not even attempt like to extract value from the other half of the picture. Like it, they, they, they'll only see half the picture unless you, it is like, so in, in described. Case, 
And in this sense, maybe our life can be parallel experiments because in your mind, right, I only see part of the picture. And in my mind, you're not seeing anything more. So if you're right and I'm missing half of the picture, how is that going to become obvious in my life and it won't manifest in yours in the same way? What would I observe in my life that would tell me that I don't understand all of reality because I only have half of the picture, whereas you do, right? Because, like, okay, how do how let me okay, maybe maybe we should start by actually explaining some of these concepts. So, how how do you describe the fact that that things appear to change even though the law of identity directly states that the identity is set in stone; it is unchanging. Uh, you have a limited perspective. Bound by space-time as you are, you see things in the moment, not as they are. Not, not no, but how? How can how, there, there is only one moment. How can you see a sub-moment? There is just the identity. There's there. not only one moment. I don't even believe in the present. The present doesn't exist. The present is an illusion. Everything exists, and we we mistakenly conceive of the present as the only thing. So, so change is an impossibility. Ch change is an illusion. Yeah. So, so if I, if I like have a ball at point like let's say I have an axiom, right? Axiom A at, at point in time one, and then I have axiom A at point in time two. Those are not the same thing, right? I'm not understanding the analogy. Sorry. Okay, so, like, any, anything, anything that appears to have changed is actually two completely separate things, right? Because change is impossible. No, that's not what I said. I said change is an illusion. Well, I, I think that, that using only logic changes an impossibility. Any change born in the present is the product of a seed that was uh, like planted in the past. It's not real change. It's the development of something which is static in a in a frame. How of can something static develop? It's in a frame of reference that only pays attention to one piece at a time. If you were to watch it all, you would see the whole development as a picture that wouldn't require you to go through the steps of the present moment. No, but that's the thing. Like I, that on a on a fundamental level, like a top down, like big picture, everything. I agree that existence itself is static. But in terms of trying to explain why things appear to change, once you bring anti logic into the picture, you actually can explain that rather than just saying like. It's you just an illusion. You feel like I'm not explaining it when I say it's just an illusion, but I feel like... Okay, what is the mechanism for that illusion to occur? The, the fact that subjectivity limits you to the present moment. But there is only one moment. No, there isn't. All moments... Time doesn't exist. There's one moment. That's what you just said earlier. All moments exist that's what time not being linear means time as a dimension of physics exists all of the moments in space-time exist the present moment is an illusion the yes and so therefore change is an impossibility yeah but the, okay but... and so that so so when when i like look at my phone and i see some text on the screen and i look at my phone in the next moment and see something else 
those are completely separate objects. They are not the same thing. There is no transfer of state. The state is completely unchanging. Like, they are just completely distinct, yeah, separate objects. True. All of the facts of the previous moment led to that next moment. It can't have led to anything it's because it. there is no change. <laughs> no, but that's exactly it. Because there's no change, it always led. Point to point to point, it eternally is that way, right? Okay, so let me let me come with an, let me come with an example. Let's take a mathematical function, right? If I if I have a function x and and the and the result of that and the the, the definition of that function is x equals x. If if I plug in one, I'm always going to receive one. I, like that that I cannot get a a continuous plot of like if like if I said for example the function is x equals x plus one, right? Then then they would even even though the whole function exists at once there's not individual like discrete points it is a continuous function unless x has some kind of structure other than x equals x it will just be a single point yeah i'm not understanding sorry like you're taking this process philosophy uh view of reality that i just completely disagree with no but i'm, I'm trying to I, I don't think it's a, a process either. I'm just trying to, like, describe it. Okay, so for me, the linearity of time is an illusion based on perspective. I think that explanation does it. And honestly, you are one of the few people who hasn't accepted that explanation. So for me, I'm thinking that your objection is more of an anomaly than my explanation. Okay, but how many of the people that you have explained it to have even attempted to examine anti-logic? None of them. But what makes you think that they would think it would be useful? <laughs> that's, that's the thing I don't get, right? Is you can't expect someone to investigate something. In, in terms of everyday life, right? Like just, I'm going to go to work and do shit? Completely useless. In terms of trying to explain the nature of existence and concepts like time, I think it is invaluable. I know you think that, but what makes you think they would, right? Even in that framing, what makes you think they would, like, from the beginning think that anti-logic would be helpful in that manner? Because it allows you to, to describe a mechanism rather than just taking it as an assumption. So what if you're what if you're not interested in describing the mechanism for every single phenomena in existence? What if instead you're interested in studying the general fractal form of phenomena? What about that? Then it seems like you're not really actually interested in a complete theory of everything. That's not true. I just take complete to mean something different. I take complete to mean a fractal formula you take complete to mean a complete taxonomy a comprehensive taxonomy no but you don't have a formula because your formula is x equals x which leads to just the same value that you input i don't think there is another value you may think so and that's the taxonomic idea right? <laughs> no but you so okay so you you're like as soon as you as soon as you've disregarded time as an illusion, it's almost like you've stopped trying to examine it. You're like, it's an illusion. I don't need to look at it anymore. It's just oh, static, bro. 
No, I look at it every day because I live within the illusion. Right. I'm just gonna and, be. And, but you, but you have no understanding. So, so so it is it is a fundamental part of your existence. Wait, I'm gonna be happy. Okay. All right, I'm back. All right. Um, what were we saying? I don't know. What do you think's at the bot? At like at the at the uh, root of our disagreement? What would you say? Um, you like I think um that. For me, it just seems like you are disregarding a a fundamental part of like understanding existence, a fundamental part required to understand existence, and you don't have a problem with that. No, I mean I'm not disregarding it. I'm just electing not to actively investigate it. Like yeah, but like so so like we both agree that like you you even said earlier that like you exist within time. It is an extremely fundamental part of your life yeah. and you you cannot give any description for how such a thing could work and like I, you don't I care don't, i don't need to understand everything i just need no, to but you you can't even give a basic description of how it functions i don't need like to even even a like the, the most simple like primitive description possible you can you it is not possible using exclusively logic it's not relevant to my goals all i need to understand about it is what matters relative to my goals. Force is my band. <laughs> God damn it. Hand, fuck. Hands. <laughs> Whatever, I'm just gonna say, yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not choosing to use terminology that implies non-things are things. The nature of language and of being a a human which does exist forces me to use to describe it as if it was a thing even the, like the, the the closest i could otherwise get is to just say that's nothing what, that's what non-existence means it means there is no it there is no it there's nothing you're describing there's no they there's no it there's yeah. nothing yeah, yes exactly thinghood <laughs> is fundamentally built into all of our language Yes, but that means if like, you're saying using, you're losing, using language is impossible to accurately describe anti logic. He's, he's, he's appealing to the fact that that analysis bridge is just a quirk of language, right? Like, it is not possible in, in the same sense that I cannot describe to you silence using language. Like, I can, I can give you a 
like a dictionary definition, but in doing so, I have violated the very principle it is supposed to represent. Same with nothing. If I try to describe nothing to you, I can only do so by providing you with an idea which is in itself a thing. Yeah, but that's... No, but like ideas can only ever refer to like, I, I, like they're either only ideas or they refer to things. Yeah, that's, and that's it. You say like I have this idea of what could be the case, right? And then what you think is the case is that idea, absence of your idea, right? Actualized in reality. What was that? I said, what you mean when you say you have this idea about what could be the case, case is that absent your idea, the, the thing that you have as an idea is actualized in reality. Absent your idea. If you if you remove the picture, then you get an accurate description of what is the case. No, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say something I came up with a while ago. Shameless self plug, okay? To say nothing is to not speak, and to think nothing is to not think. That's it. Shameless plug. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's true though. No, like, look, height, height. It's not that he can't lay claim to consistency, right? He's a very clever guy. He is being consistent. I just don't think he's making any meaningful kind of sense. Like, for me, he's not talking about anything. And for him, I'm saying, I'm like disregarding part of the world that he thinks is relevant, but in the... Well, it's not part of the world. This, this is the problem, right? Like, he can't even... You can't know, even discuss the topic without misrepresenting it. <laughs> As me being inaccurate to approximate what is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've been doing the same thing the whole time. Yeah, so you think I'm like missing something? I don't know how to put it. Part of the Some non-thing. <laughs> you have to like negate every word that you use, which is still inaccurate, but a little bit less inaccurate. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. Did you fry in my brain? It's like taking too many drugs talking to you sometimes. <laughs> no, but I think that, like, once once you examine the way that anti-logic behaves by translating it to logic, um, and then trying to evaluate all of the different possibilities, even even though all of them would need to be evaluated in parallel, if if you if you if you take all of the different possibilities of the, the possible states, right? So like the, the issue you run into is that like, in order to evaluate anti-logic, you would need to evaluate it without assuming the law of excluded middle. But due to the way our brains function, we always have a state which is either like positive or negative. Like we can't evaluate anti-logic without brains. I'm wondering like, what if I say to you, that is a curious, anomalous part of the world that merits investigation, but I don't think it exists. Does that do it? I guess. I don't know. I feel like... Because I feel like I'm, like, hitting every point there, right? I'm like, yeah. it does merit investigation. It is curious, but it doesn't exist, right? Yes, and that is accurate. <laughs> I feel, yeah, that seems, but I feel like that is exactly how I feel. Like, 
I was thinking yesterday when I was thinking about this talk today, I was like, hmm, you know, last time I took acid, I didn't think about this. I should think about this next time I take acid. So it's not like I'm like closed off to the idea that you're saying something that I could understand. It's just that like, as far as I understand currently, it's curious. I should look into it at some point, but it doesn't exist. Yes. But just, and this, this, this is, I think this is the bit that, um, that is not being captured, and, and the, why, the reason why it keeps bugging me is that um, through, through, through um, like attempting to understand anti-logic, it can give you insight into the nature of existence that, you would, that is otherwise impossible to access. I'd probably grant that just on the face of it, just based on conversations we've had about it. Yeah, I'd probably grant that. Okay. Um. And I and I think the other thing that, the, the, no, actually that's not the that's not what I was originally wanted to say. The original thing I wanted to say is that the bit that I was taking issue with is that, um, you, I think you also need to acknowledge that the the non-existence of non-things has a direct impact on the existence of things because they they are relative opposites in terms of conceptualization i agree <laughs> but it, it cannot be conceptualized okay in terms of it is not conceptual <laughs> it is not a conceptual impact it is a direct impact in the process of conceptualization it makes itself manifest I'm not sure what you mean. So like, I kind of understand. So like we approximate the opposite of existence when we negate things, right? Like yeah. when we speak of non-existence, especially when trying to approximate what this thing that we can't imagine is. Yeah. Also to answer Height's question, he asked, um, if you could elaborate uh, elucidate the nature of anti-logic in terms of data logic, would it further deepen DM theory? I think yes, absolutely it would. Yeah, I think that's the basis of the argument. Yeah. Um. I think that um, by, by not giving a, at least, like, obviously 50-50 is unnecessary because we exhibit most, like, we, we exist within existence, we interact with existence, we can't even directly interact with anti-logic, right? Like, to 50-50 split it would just be a waste of people's time. But, like, unless you um, actually include the key important points about anti-logic, it is doing a disservice to DM theory. Because it's incomplete. I actually have been trying to make a theory of every non-thing. I've also been trying to model it, um, but every every like what I've what I've been encountering with the programs that I've written is that the best I can do, at least with the classical computer, is try to translate it to logic because that's the only thing that a computer can evaluate, um, and then and then um, like run through every possible permutation of the axioms, like being true or false, because I can't avoid I can't evaluate them being true or false at the same time, and 
the, the, the conclusion that I've been moving towards is that the only way I'm actually going to even have a, a slight chance of being able to model this is to model it on a quantum computer where, where I actually do have a true state collapse. Uh, so, so I guess, do, do, would you say that we agree that it is, it at least can be valuable to understanding existence? Yeah, definitely we agree it can be. Um, and it could be worthwhile at least elaborating in, a, in some sense when trying to describe the nature of existence to also elaborate on the nature of non-existence. Uh, yes, but I feel like you are much more keen on the nature of non-existence than I am. That's because I like systems that do stuff, like it move. Like, the, like yes, the static systems are interesting, but the systems that have, like, a mechanistic nature are much more interesting to me. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that, yes. Does that yeah. does that make this number four? <laughs> number four. Uh, what do you mean? Number 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 four edition <laughs> of controversial material into the body of DM theory. <laughs> yeah, probably. Hell yeah! I swear it takes longer each and every time. <laughs> does I? I mean, look. What I will say is, I am resolved to mention it in the rewrite. But okay. how much time I give to it depends on what I find when I look into it when I do that. I think that's completely justified. That That is how it should be. You shouldn't just take my word for it. You should try to understand it for yourself before you try and, like, describe it. Sure, but I'm totally open to suggesting that, you know, there's another part to look into. I just don't... It's just, it's just that, that part doesn't exist. Yeah, for me, I just don't have any experiences of it, so it doesn't even like, yeah. make there's anything to it, you know? Well, I, I haven't been able to experience it either, <laughs> despite much trying. 